And I love this sassy man era that we're stepping into because what is happening? I love it. I enjoy it. I I, I like it. Let me tell you why you like the sassy man era. It's because you're married. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shopping. Because I'm not at the grocery store. <laughs> my bad. My bad. <laughs> I'm gonna start taking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna mess the algorithm up so they'll calm down a little bit. Because I'm telling you, I'm I'm boosting the sassy men up. <laughs> Let me see you in the comments on a burner account talking about yes. <laughs> all, it's giving the whole, I'm all in the whole thing. <laughs> I'm gonna be waiting for you to hit one of these during a sermon. Okay? My 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 daughter was like, Mom, please, on Sunday, would you please just give it to a month? I'm like, Kenzie, I don't think you gotta know your audience. Like right. I don't want to know what it means. I gave her a little four times two, 10 minus two. I gave her a little bit of that, but they're not ready for this. <laughs> I can just imagine the saints. You start doing this, they're going to say, hold on, hold on. Glory, what? glory, glory. <laughs> they already be like, what are you doing up there? What are you talking about? You came through with a word, but we was nervous there for a minute. I'm not, they're not ready for this. Welcome back to Do I Know You. I'm not going to lie. I know I say this every week, but I really, I really do mean it every week too. Um, Do I Know You has the best guests on the internet. I'm, I'm so sorry. Like God is just really godding is the only way I can describe it. Today I have someone who I have genuinely looked up to for so long. I am deeply inspired by her. She has literally helped save my faith walk um, so many times and by the grace of God, of course. And like, I know you've seen her. She's an icon. Your favorite sermon probably has her in it. Um, She is a powerhouse. She is a multi-hyphenate. She is an author. She's a pastor. She's a speaker. She was a blogger. Um, She's a podcaster. She's a host. She's a conference organizer and put her put on her of 40,000 people. She is the head of Women Evolve. She is... Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts. This interview, um, it really blessed me in a lot of ways. Um, I know it's going to bless you too. She just came out with this book, All Hope is Found, um, which we talk about a lot. Like, I, I, I'm still speechless because it was so good. She is so raw and she gave us so much vulnerability in this, which I, you know, I expected nothing less. She's so incredible. That's why, that's one of the many reasons that we all feel so connected to her. But she gave us um, some insight on next year, what's cooking with Women Evolve. She uh, gave us words of encouragement. She gave us just so much insight. So let me back up. Pastor Sarah's father is globally known household name, Bishop T.D. Jakes great, great, great man of God. Um, her mother is Mrs. Sarita Jakes, first lady Jakes, um, amazing woman of God. And pastor Sarah is a force to be reckoned with. That's the only way I can describe her. Um, I cannot wait for y'all to see this. I really think like, I like, I promise you things like broke off of me as we were talking. So I just hope you feel encouraged. I hope you feel loved. I hope you are reminded that like, there's hope. There's hope in all situations. And we talk about that a lot. We talk about identity. Um, yeah, I just, I love it so much. I will be replaying it for the rest of my life. So shout out to you, Pastor Sarah. But without further ado, I present to you 
Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts. Pastor Sarah, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be on. I already feel like I should have done an extra layer of skincare last night because the glow, the glow is there. (laughs) Baby, I wish I I didn't have time to beat my face down and really honor what this moment is. So she's very much giving natural Eve energy right now. No, you're giving Eve in the best way. I'm so here for it. Wait, also, here's a random question. So I started like, doing a little less makeup before I go to church because I'm like if I'm about to be undignified like what's the word yeah. when my lashes are falling yeah. off but your face is B I have to ask I'm sure it's your makeup artist but what is the setting spray we're using Morphe Morphe setting spray wow. but you know okay so really the it's about the base right it's about how we prep the skin period and so we put on a moisturizer but then now this is a little controversial you know what I mean but I'm doing what works for me you got to do what works for you period but it's that simple milk of magnesia on the skin like a thin layer and we go like city the city on tour like I never had breakouts we put the milk and then we said it with Morphe I have oily skin so wow is milk of magnesia like the white thing you like the white Mm -hmm. oh I'm about to do it and if it clogs my pores you said it just worked for you okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) well I'm so happy to have you I just want to jump right in and talk about how you grew up. There's plenty of interviews where you can hear more about your life story, but I like want to get deep. So we're going to okay. skip some of that. So, okay. okay. You grew up in West Virginia. You moved yeah. to Dallas when you were eight. And that there, first Sunday- There are three people know that. So you're off to a really great start. Okay. <laughs> Love it. So that first Sunday, you said over a thousand people signed up for church. And that sense of safety that you used to feel, it immediately, it immediately was gone because people yeah. were seeing your dad as this like fantasy or like Bishop T.D. Jakes. And, you know, he's just your dad. So on top of that, your sister is this prayer warrior. Your brothers are great singers. And you said you felt like super misunderstood, um, disconnected. And fast forward to now. I know we fast forward over a lot, but a lot of pain, <laughs> a lot of pain, a lot of growth, a lot of transformation. And now you're in the spotlight for your own anointing, right? And it's really interesting because normally people come on Do I Know You and they're trying to like step out of the shadow, like I'm not in this box, right? But you offer something really different. I heard you say, I don't mind being in my dad's shadow because I'm under his protection when there is heat. I'd love to just hear about this a little more and the things that you've learned from his walk that you can now apply to yours. Well, um... My dad has, I'll I'll give you a perfect example. So we just had Woman Evolve 2023 and we had, you know, 40,000 women there and it was maybe three o'clock and doors opened at five, but registration opened at 10. Okay. And we had 40,000 people registered, which for me, it's like crazy, right? We all had 20,000 people before- 2022 even ended we had 20,000 people Mm -hmm. and so I'm still wrapping my mind around this exponential growth and so the day that we're like supposed to be stepping into it I'm like they're not going to come you know what I mean like 
Did not want to come. Cause you how? Make, you make you make a decision a year ago. You see some mm. things. Things change. You're like they're not going to come. Wow. And then it was three o'clock, and I think we had five thousand people checked in, which five thousand people is a lot of people. And I'm not really like the numbers girl, but for me, we rented out this huge stadium, and to have five thousand people, it's going to feel it's going to feel empty and I'd rather it feel intimate. Like you take 5,000 people and put it in a room that fits 5,000 people and it right. feels like action. And so mm -hmm. my big thing is like, we're going to have this big stadium and it's going to be empty and it's going to be ridiculous. And I called my dad and I told him a uh, registration just gave me the latest numbers. Only 5,000 people are checked in. Mm -hmm. I think we're in trouble. I don't think they're coming. And he was like, Sarah, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And he comes in and he's like, Sarah, this is normal. I saw the people driving in. I know exactly how many people are. People don't come and check in at 10 o'clock in the morning. And the thing doesn't start until seven. Wow. And so what I meant by standing in his shadow and there being protection Certainly, there's a public op a public opportunity there in which, yeah. um, you know, when there's things that happen in the news or things that are happening within our family, he's going to take the first hit because he is who he is. Right. There's also the wisdom, the shadow of wisdom when he's been there before that's able to help me measure what's a crisis and what's not, what's normal and what's not. And so at this stage in my ministry, though it is uncharted territory for me, he's gone ahead of me. Wow. And so living in the wake of his ship, this huge ship that has been his life has helped me to uh, navigate me as I'm taking my steps. Mm, that is so beautiful. I know that tag. Once he said in 10 minutes, he said, okay, I'll be waiting right. for you. 10 minutes. <laughs> because make it make sense, sir. <laughs> make it make sense. I posted the picture of when he came in there and I've like got my wig cap on. I'm in here and makeup. Cause from the outside looking in, like nobody knows that I'm worried. Nobody knows that I'm like, what if this is a failure? What if no one comes? And he knew because he'd been there before. Wow. That is so beautiful. And I think turning, shifting the perspective from like, oh, you know, this whole, I'm in your shadow because it's a bad thing, but like, no, what you said, it's protection. It's you've been here before. It's you've walked before me. It's really giving like, it's really like a blessing in so many ways. Yeah. And I think that's something I try to highlight on this show too. Like, yes, there are pressures. Yes. There's, you know, all these things. I feel it with my brother, but like, there's so much beauty and privilege with it too. There is, I mean, there's exponential privilege with it. I was talking, um, you know, when my dad was coming up, he, when we moved to Dallas, there were 50 families who moved with us. And wow. a lot of those people's family members were like, that's a cult. If you would pick up and leave wow. your state with your family, that's a cult. And he, and they were depending on him. They believed in the gift of God on the inside of him. And they wanted to serve that gift and making sure that it, it impacted as many people as possible. And so he worked not just for our family, but he had to make this make sense for the people who would move there. You have 1500 people joining and giving their resources to build a church in a city from a stranger. Like he's got to take care of these resources. We got to pay these bills things off we got to keep these lights on and so um you know the responsibility that he had to work that hard is something that I don't have to do right I'm not going to work hard right but you know what I mean there's not the church is established enough that everyone's family isn't depending on me you yes. know what I mean yes it's already sustained it's already built in now I got to take care of it I got to grow it I got to make sure that we take them to the next dimension like that part of it is true but mm -hmm. I don't have that pressure because he's gone ahead of me in that way 
Absolutely. And I'm sure he was also a blueprint for you. I heard you talking about uh, when you had to make your first hire and the fear and the, whoa, <laughs> that came with that. And like, it's like kind of the same thing, right? Like you have people literally depending on you for their livelihood. It's like, I'm sure, of course it's different. Like, you know, your dad and you, you're different, but I'm sure in a way there's a lot of similar themes that you could take from that experience and apply it to your whole business and everything. For sure. Yeah. I didn't want anyone depending on me to pay their rent because that just feels like, period. <laughs> baby girl, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Take care of yourself. But um, we had grown to such a point where I knew that I couldn't keep answering the emails and running the social media like I couldn't do it. Yep. And um, having the faith to believe that sewing into someone else would allow for there to be harvest of impact and even just a harvest of rest mm. and more downtime for my family is definitely something that I had to like lean into him for. And now, you know, I've probably got 20 team members and um, yeah, yeah, it's a thing. But, um, Come on, payroll. <laughs> I love it. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's been a blessing. That's so, wow. That's so beautiful. I uh, You've talked about identity a little bit and I want to go deeper there. So for everyone who doesn't know, you got pregnant at 13, had your baby at 14, and your new book, period, y'all, <laughs> all hope is found. Go pick it up at literally any store. So incredible. But you said that for the following decade, you were literally like living to prove other people wrong. Like, this is not who I am. I'm not, I'm not this. Like, look at me. I went to school, all the things, right? And that was like a rock bottom for you was trying to live for other people. And that is relatable. Wow. So yeah. you were trying to create this image of your life that wouldn't make you cringe, but you said you were cringing at like your identity. Like that's your truth, you know? And yeah. I think about a lot of our past, I think about my past and, you know, just so many things that I like literally, you know, when you're going to sleep and as you close your eyes, you just get like an embarrassing moment from eight years ago. You're like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like, I just think about all of those moments and you know, we try to distance ourselves and you say that we are, we're living divided. I think that's a perfect way to put it. So I'm curious, what really brought you to this place of wholeness? Because I know it wasn't as easy as just flipping a switch. It wasn't. Um, it took a lot of rehearsing. Mm. Um, because when we live divided, it's like, I'm going to block out that part of me. So when it does come and find me in the middle of the night, it is a shock. It's an assault. It's reliving it again, because I have tried to distance myself so far from it that when it invades my space, it's triggering. Mm. And so it started with me just rehearsing it. Like I, I cannot react traumatically to my truth wow. every time. Mm. Like wow. every time I hear about me, I, I'm ashamed again. I'm upset again. I'm, I'm a 13 year old girl again, every single time. Wow. And it felt like the least you can do. A lot of people are like, I want to overcome my story so I can share it with people. And that's noble. That's not how I started, but that's noble. I started telling myself my story for myself mm -hmm. so that I was no longer caught off guard when my truth came and presented itself to me. Right. So I think that that was part of it. I think the other part is most of the time we are 
disappointed at the outcome of a decision, but we don't look at that moment in context. So we're replaying one scene of the movie, the scariest part of the movie, the most devastating part of the movie. But if you zoom out of the picture and you start at the beginning credits and you see the family of origin and you see the social circle and you see the emotionally immature parents and you see the rejection and you see the molestation and you see the abortion when you see the whole story in context and then you look at this 13 year old girl who was angry and lonely and rejected and abandoned and wanting to feel close to somebody choosing to say if this will make you like me then you can have my body then it doesn't have the same amount of shame of I got pregnant at 13 and I'm rubbing my belly. Like I was a girl who was searching for something and I had to learn to look at myself with compassion instead of judgment so that I could show other people how to do the same. Come on, come on movie. Come on (laughs) cinematic film. Yes. Start with the beginning credits. (laughs) That is so good. Cause why would you start a movie? halfway through and play it for three minutes and turn it off that doesn't even actually make any sense guys we're we're not we're not doing our best work here this is not this is not our best work but that's how we live that's the divided life Mm. is one that can only handle yourself in doses Mm. and and integration is to say I want to own all of it Mm. and that doesn't mean I'm going to own my flaws no I want to own every step that led me to some of my most painful but powerful moments in my life. There's no way I'm talking to you if I'm not pregnant at 13. You know what I mean? Right, right. To say like, oh, I want to be in Time Magazine. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, that's great. Right. But this, my, I was, my therapist told me today that the, the light enters through the wound. Ooh. And so the light that people experience is very much so connected through the wound. And the wound is not the teen pregnancy. The wound is the rejection and the abandonment. Wow. The sun was the light in that wound. Your therapist said the holidays are coming up. The rate is necessary. <laughs> let's, <laughs> like, let's get you together. I don't want to hear nothing from you during this holiday <laughs> season. <laughs> I love that. That is so good. On this piece of ownership, I think something that God is teaching me right now is like, I'm walking around like this. You know that Arthur meme where it's like the closed fist? Like this yes. is literally, like, yes. this is how I'm walking around, like holding on to dead stuff. And he's like, I'm trying to give you more. I'm trying to give you new things. Open up your fist. But I'm like, no god like for example like hyper independence lol like it is too much he's like stop trying to protect yourself all these things and <laughs> i know you can relate because no you talked about um like you're not used to reporting anybody you're like be but my own boss what are we, what are we... <laughs> like it's just me but i like i've been working on it and shout out to my therapist too but it's really interesting i feel like i've experienced so much tension as i'm trying to like slowly unclench my fist and I'm curious, how are you able to make the distinction between tension because like, yes, this is right. And we're going to face resistance and, you know, we're, in, we're moving in the right direction, but like there's natural ten- tension and then tension from like, you're on the wrong path. Like you're trying to force something that's not for you. Cause that's something right now that I'm like, mm, where am I? I think in both instances, you let it go. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, you really gagged me right now okay yeah I think in both instances you let it go because I think if you are unsure you got to back away for a minute and you got to rest and you got to breathe and you have to stop 
trying and see what rises to the surface. Mm. Because sometimes we are holding on to things that are no longer true or we're holding on to other things, things that have become our will and not his. And to be able to say, you know what? I'm gonna let it go. Mm. And I'm gonna see what rises to the surface. And based off of what rises to the surface, I will know based on my relationship with God, what I need to pursue. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I think that most of the time, the thing that we are trying to pursue has more to do with us than God. Because at the end of the day, God is into you, not Mm -hmm. your achievements, not your accolades. Like I want your soul to prosper above all else. I wish that your soul would prosper. Mm -hmm. And if you're clenched so tight that your soul is no longer prospering, but your business is prospering, you didn't win. And so to be able to say what's most important is that I give my soul rest, I give my soul peace. And then from that place, can I push this gently without fear of losing, without fear of rejection, without fear of failure? If I can push it because I am not it, my identity is not connected to it, then I can bring the best creativity and innovation because this isn't going to define me one way or the other. Mm. Or I can recognize that like this isn't even something that moves me closer to God's purpose. I don't feel like I'm God's hands and feet on the earth when I do this but I think in both instances you have to let it go to really experience that <laughs> not you on my business the thing is I don't understand how we just met and you just wrecked me like that. did I I'm sorry I'm <laughs> not sorry <laughs> no I'm not I'll be honest but I do like to tell people that because I think it makes them feel better so I'm not I'm not but I am yeah. <laughs> I love that. Let it go either way. And that honestly, I feel like that helps me too so much because like it's surrender, right? Like yeah. no, like a position of surrender is never going to lead me wrong. Like open up those fists, baby. Like let it go. Why can't you For let sure. it go? But so that's the, you know, woman evolved has a theme every year and the theme for 24 is surrender. That's the wow. Yeah. Are you serious? Surrender. I don't even know what that journey is going to be. I don't even know what that means about 2024, but I prayed and I, you know, I heard a lot of stuff, but God just kept bringing me back to surrender. So yeah, that's our word. (laughs) Trust. I'm locked in. When you (laughs) got the word, I know you were talking about in this book, when you got hope, you were like, "Mm, let me keep praying. Like, clearly that wasn't it. It's not sexy enough. When you got surrender, what was your reaction initially? Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, it, I felt peace. Mm. I felt peace. Wow. I'm in a stage in my life where I'm having to surrender to, mm. which I don't, I don't enjoy. I don't think anybody loves it. Right. But, um, you know, I am, I'm so chill. Like, it's crazy because like, you know, I preach and I think when I'm preaching, I'm in like fight or flight because I've had to overcome so much of my wow. fear, so much of my insecurity. So by the time I over, I'm like, what's up? Let's go, right? <laughs> We're here. Um, and then I overcome that and then I'm like, oh, now I can go back and go chill. Right. And um, I'm having to surrender to, I think this level of exposure. Wow. And in many ways, this level of acceptance. Because I think that when um, your biggest trauma comes from a rejection, 
that people can want to be your friends one day and then people move their children away from you the next. Wow. Um, the idea of acceptance feels very fragile. Mm. And, um, and yet I incubate rejection. Like it feels wow. very safe to me to know that like, you don't like me. Like, cause I feel like maybe at least I know, right. you know, that you don't think I'm smart, that you think I'm doing too much like that. I'm like, at least I know, mm. but idea that you could like me today and not tomorrow I, that doesn't feel safe to me and so I'm having to surrender to this level of exposure and also this level of connection with people wow. without being defined or playing to it mm. and so um, that's definitely it's my word too so I'm I'm curious to see how God like drags me this year <laughs> by the edges like there's no (laughs) it's actually wild so last night um some of my friends from my I live in Chicago and I like love my church and like I'm just so grateful for the community and we were praying before this interview I was like y'all I need you to lock in and we were praying and we had finished and my um leader actually she was like hold on I have one more thing I kid you not and she goes I just want to cover Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts and this level of attention she's like I just know how our world is and all the things and like she's moving and grooving and like things are going to be thrown and like like we just can't imagine we think we see but we can't imagine and we literally covered that for like 10 minutes last night so that's so wild that you say that right now that makes me feel good that makes me feel good I I hate I hate the way we love people one day and hate them the next so I think the more that people are like I love you that's my girl I'm like oh god it's gonna be that much worse (laughs) when I they find out she used to smoke. I be trying to tell y'all everything and then y'all love it even more, which I hate. <laughs> we Every love time it. I try to tell y'all something to run y'all off, y'all be like, girl, me too. I'm like, oh Lord, what are we going to do? <laughs> no, we're stands. Like the delegation is here, honey. Oh, and it's also like, I saw someone comment um, on one of your pictures. They were like, love that I can be in an era where my pastor has a 40 inch bust down. It's like, <laughs> I, <did. And> I, was like <laughs> I definitely saw that comment. I definitely saw that comment. I didn't know if I should apologize for it or like it. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> no, we're here. Whenever you need some encouragement, I, I really got you. But I want to talk a little bit about purpose. Big word <laughs> thrown around a lot, but you have broken it down very beautifully. So if you don't mind, I'm going to go on a tangent really quick. Go for it. Thank you. So you've said that purpose evolves, like it never changes at its root. And we see you now on stages preaching to 40,000 people, shout out Women Evolve. Um, But even when you were in other roles, you were still in purpose. Like you've been an admin assistant, a blogger, a receptionist, like you were still in purpose because you said there was a common thread where you were creating environments where people are safe to see themselves. Like that is literally my goal with the show. I think that's so beautiful. Um, But like, yeah, you were blogging, you would like connect with people and pray for people. And you're like, this kind of feels like ministry. And when I heard you say that, I was like, whoa, this is, this feels like my life. And I can tie it back to, you know, there's somewhere in Exodus um, I was reading where Moses is at the tent of meeting, right? And Mm -hmm. it's like a regular, regular tent. Like there's nothing special about it. But when the presence of God falls, it's the tent of meeting. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, God, like this is what you're doing right now. This is a regular Zoom link, a regular table, a regular couch. But like when I'm in purpose and when I'm in anointing and when your presence falls, like this is my talk show studio I'm praying for. This is my ministry. And I guess my question for you after all this 
is how do we have the faith to believe that these seemingly like random and mundane moments are actually connected to be fueling our own ministry? Mm. I, 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 (laughs) sometimes questions like this make me feel really inadequate because I don't always think that I have the right answer um, or at least the answer that people want to hear. So this is either not the right answer for you or not what you want to hear and only you can decide. Okay. um, You don't know. You don't Mm -hmm. know that the random moments are fueling your purpose. You serve the random moment like it is your purpose. Like tomorrow's not promised and this is all that God's given me Mm. and if I never get to preach again if I never get to podcast again if I never get to tell someone something again Mm. this is what I would want them to know Um, I I am not counting on 30 years of stadium conferences Mm. Um, I'm not that presumptuous if God allows that to be my destiny, I'll respond. But um, I planned one well, evolve. Like if this never so much so that I didn't book a venue for 2024 because I didn't know if people were like just coming to be like, let's see what's happening here. Wow. Cool. And then like you know, may I'm, I probably won't come next year, which w- it like I didn't care like that. Right. Um, so I, you know, was fully prepared to like, we're going to go smaller next year. It's going to be great, whatever. I just, I treat each moment like it's the only moment. And if it's the only moment, this is what I know that I think you should know. And I'm planning next year the same way. You know what I mean? Like, if this is the only moment, then this is what we're going to do. And um, I think you just serve what you have in the present with all intentionality, with as much gratitude and fulfillment as possible and you see how that unfolds now why would that be inadequate because that's a word because <laughs> it's not I'm just I and the, the reason why I say that is because I'm not one of those people who look at my life and I'm like I always knew I was going to be here right so I can't give you a perspective that I don't have. All I know is that I served each moment like it was the only moment. Like my husband and I talk all the time. When he first met me, I had gone through my divorce. I had been living at home with my parents. I had recently purchased my own home. It was me, my two children, my younger brother. And I promise you, Jordan, like it was my dream. Like it was my dream. I was like, I'm finally safe. My son can walk to the bus stop. Like it was, I didn't want anything else. Like, I think I was still blogging, but it wasn't like the, there was no book out. There wasn't, I wasn't speaking. Like it was my dream. I loved it. And Mm -hmm. so everything that has happened since then has just kind of been like God's dream. And I'm like, (laughs) Are you sure? And he's like, all right. I'm like, okay, you're okay. <laughs> that actually makes sense because I remember, I think I read that you said that your um people don't know that like you are really like a 1950s housewife at heart. Like I can in my, see that. in my core, in my core. One, I like to be at home <laughs> every and time. Creating safe spaces, like I love creating safe spaces for my family. And yeah, I Period. mean. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you because what's outside? Nothing. <laughs> I've, I've been there and I can tell you it was 10 years ago it was real ghetto. I don't know. I don't know if it's Benjamin Button and maybe it has reversed a little, but what I it do hasn't. know. 
Okay, just checking. I can assure you it, it <laughs> hasn't. Like the one time a year that I do step outside, I'm like, Lord, like your kings are out here doing this on TikTok. Like they're dead. Like, Lord, <laughs> like how- I love the can I tell you I'm I love TikTok. I, I love I like being in safe spaces at home, but I like being outside on TikTok. I love TikTok. and I love this sassy man era that we're stepping into because what is happening? I love it. I enjoy it. I I, I like it. Let me tell you why you like the sassy man era. It's because you're married. Because <laughs> I'm not shopping, because I'm not at the grocery store. My bad, my bad. <laughs> I'm gonna start taking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna mess the algorithm up so they'll calm down a little bit. Cause I'm telling you, I'm. I'm boosting the sassy men up. <laughs> Let me see you in the comments on a burner account about yes. <laughs> all it's giving the whole. I'm all in the whole thing. <laughs> I'm gonna be waiting for you to hit one of these during a sermon. Okay? My my t- my daughter was like, "Mom, please on Sunday, would you please just give it to him one time?" I'm like, "Kenzie, I don't think you got to know your audience. Like, right. I don't want to know what it means." I gave her a little four times two, ten minus two. I gave her a little bit of that, but they're not ready for this. <laughs> I can just imagine the saints. You start doing this, they're gonna say, "Hold on, hold on, glory, what? glory, glory." <laughs> they already be like, "What are you doing up there? What are you talking about? You came through with a word, but we was nervous there for a minute. I'm not. They're not ready for this." <laughs> well i'm gonna pray about it anyways i'm, I'm gonna have faith <laughs> that is so funny um okay so towards the end of your book all hope is found i keep holding it out i just feel like it's also a perfect size i just traveled this weekend and it just slotted so well in my bag That's like it's the little book of hope <laughs> yes it's Ooh. literally the little book of hope i love it um but towards the end of the book you said that one of the most important questions you should ask someone when getting to know them is what is your hope so pastor sarah i would love to know what are your hopes oh man my hope is that i will embrace rest Mm. my hope is that i will Accept love, Mm. spread grace, and never abandon power. And it's that simple. But the thing is, it's not that simple. So period. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. We're going to revisit this in a couple of years and and see, you know, how your hope is doing. But I, I feel like you're doing externally. I feel like you're doing all those things so beautifully and with so much grace and poise and, you know, just everything. So I can really appreciate that. It's interesting. Even like two years ago, you had said that your current biggest fear was to um, be so busy building your life that you'd miss it. Like now, how do you think you're doing on that? Um, This year, I definitely missed it a a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, This year I did. Um, but I know that I did. Mm. So that makes me happy that I can just, my year's slowing down and I'm looking forward to catching the replay. That's amazing. That's (laughs) okay. So, you know, we, we do have a time limit, so we can't sit here and talk all day. So I just have one more question for you. Um, so towards the beginning of this conversation, we talked a lot about how 23, 24 was like a really pivotal age for you because it took, you know, that decade to work through all the thoughts and all the things um, to get to a place of wholeness. 
Well, I just turned 23 a couple weeks ago, and it's my oh, Jordan gosh. year. You're a baby. Did you think I was older? I don't know if I even thought about how old you were, but 23, you're a baby. That's so good. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you to be in purpose and trying to help other people at 23 years old. Do you know how hard your 20s are? They're trash. I'm feeling it. <laughs> They're so trash. There's so many things trying to define you when you're trying to be a grown up, but you're not really a grown up, but you're doing the things you think you should be doing and you're trying to get it right. And you're not sure if you're getting it right. Like the twenties are so hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about you're sorry, but you're still boosting the sassy men. Like, which is it? <laughs> what, what, pig, pig. I don't know. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely am feeling, but you know what? Like God revealed to me when I was eight, um, this, like, I guess you could call it a vision of me on a stage, like microphone in hand. Like I've known since I was eight that this was some form of purpose. So like shame on me, honestly, if I, I didn't start when I was eight, but shame yeah. on me if I wasn't on track by now. Cause I feel like if he didn't want me to, you know, jump in it head first, he would have revealed it at 30, 35, 40, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, but sorry, I got off topic. Basically. Yeah. um. <laughs> I have really big hopes for this year for my Jordan year and I'd love for you to just give me and other people in this era 23 25 maybe young anyone in their 20s maybe just a word of encouragement for this era that we're in okay so don't let the pressure of your 20s or the pace of what's happening around you to make you forget that there is no better time to be a bad donkey <laughs> than in your 20s. That the sooner that you can trust that alignment with God is not just rooting you, but also propelling you, Mm. then you will take chances without fear of loss. Um, you, you, The thing about your 20s is you can't lose. Like wow. the only way you lose in your 20s is if you think that you lost. Because mm. no matter what happens in your 20s, like you can recover, you can rebound and you can still have an incredible rest of your life. The mm. 20s are not as definitive as they make themselves out to be. Mm. So innovate, create, take risks, do things you said you would never do, try things you said you would never try because these are the developmental years of your purpose, your sound, your identity, your desires, mm. your wants. And so live vibrantly in your 20s. And explore, broaden your worldview, laugh, trust your gut and your instinct. Mm. Don't wait for the heartbreak to have the boundary. Trust that if the boundary leaves you isolated for a moment, it's only so that you can have real connection for the remainder of your life. Wow. And know that what God can do with you in your 20s sets the tone for your 50s. Like Wow. Your yes will be your yes and your no will be your no because you gave your 20s plenty of room to breathe and to experience all that's within life. Yeah. You know those Pinterest posters that are like 
10 rules I wish, 10 things I wish I knew when I was 20. I feel like I just got that in real life. Now you just gave me the cosign to quit my full-time job. And I'd be like, hey. (laughs) If you can, if you know that at the end of the day, I won't be homeless if I quit the job, I just might be a little like living at home-ish or a little, you know, sleeping on the couch-ish, but quitting that job might mean that it's the only way that I do X, Y, and Z. Like, Take a Heard you. Heard you. Now, not if you're going to be homeless. I don't want you in the streets. But what's a little couch surfing in your 20s? It's a sleepover. Wow. You can, it's a sleepover. <laughs> you know what I mean? As, you know, crazy. and then just for those of you who are still like, you know, to know, figure out your savings, downsize, figure out your savings so that you can figure out if this don't work out in six months, then maybe I'll pivot or I'll get a part-time job to supplement yeah. the savings. Like those are some practical tools. <laughs> but if you're like on that yellow stuff and the worst thing that can happen is that you got to sleep on somebody's couch, then, you know, just know, all right, it didn't work. I'm on the couch. I'm giving you a nine to five, but at least I tried it because, you know, I did what I need to do. Entering our bad donkey era. I love that. <laughs> I'm a bad donkey is what I'm trying to tell these people. <laughs> I literally love that so much. And I feel um, I feel validated. I feel renewed. I feel hopeful. I truly <laughs> just feel like, I don't know. I feel like the things that I cry to God about at night, like, um, that he just confirmed through you. So just I thank you. I was 23 when I got divorced. I know we got to go. You can edit this out. No, I, it's okay. I was 23 when I got divorced. And part of the reason why I did it, one, you know, after going through what I went through with my pregnancy, stuff, I'm like, do I want to get divorced after four years of marriage? Like, oh, yes, wow. marriage is bad, but like, you've only been married four years. This mm-hmm. is going to be another failure. And you're already in failure row. Wow. And, but I'm like, but do you want to be, do you want to spend five more years, 10 more years trying to figure out whether or not this is going to work? If you mm-hmm. get divorced now, you could still recover and build a life. If you need to go back to school, if you need to, like, you can go back home, like you still got time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so I got divorced at 23. I met my husband at 25. Wow. Uh, no, my house at 25. And then I met my husband at 25 too. I got married at 26. I moved to LA, like everything. I was still in my 20s when my story turned around but it's because I decided to take that chance and not just say I'm young and maybe we'll know I was like this may be your only shot what do you want to do with it's exactly what you said about we don't know when we have the next moment so you're all to this exact moment yeah wow I love that okay it's giving home ownership at 25 this will be a good few years Pastor Sarah (laughs) 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 I just want to congratulate you on literally everything are you woman involved I'm so going next year trust 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 I will be there um the book like you just won the Vanguard award from Black Women's Health like I feel like every day there's something new and rightfully so but I just deeply, deeply appreciate you. And thank you for investing in me for this 45 minutes. Oh, my pleasure. It's been an honor. Thank you. What do you want me to say after that? I don't even think I should say anything after that. (laughs) I I don't have much to say, like, I 
let me just say this. Thank you, Pastor Sarah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, y'all, I don't think, maybe you do understand, but like for those of you who don't understand, this woman is like charting new territory. Like, like I really can't express the speed at which she is moving and the fact that she took time to come on Do I Know You and share her journey and where she's at in the vulnerability and but also the encouragement for all of us. I mean, you just don't really get that anywhere else. And so I don't want to let this moment pass without just deeply, deeply expressing how much that meant to me. Um, if you know me, you know I've been watching Pastor Sierra for a very long time and following her very closely. So I just really, really, like that was so amazing. I felt like I was talking to my BFF. But that's one of her like gifts is that everyone feels like she's their best friend because her radical transparency her truth like it's not giving fraud it's never giving that it's not giving fake it's giving this is who I am this is what God has done for me and period and y'all also got a little uh sermon out of it too so even though we rebuke the sassy men in the name of Jesus uh, thank you so much Pastor Sarah for coming on make sure y'all check out her book she did not tell me to do this I just really I read this book over the weekend and I loved it all hope is found it is just so great if you're feeling um, like you're in a place of confusion or you're down and out, or maybe you're feeling up high. You know, seasons always change. So make sure to read it. It's so great. Um, Woman Evolve, I will be there next year. So if you're interested, I will link her socials, but she's everywhere. Um, and thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope this blessed you. I hope you learned something. Um, I hope you felt seen. I hope you felt validated. I hope you felt encouraged because that's the point of Do I Know You? So very grateful for her. Grateful for all of you. I will see you soon. Cheers to you. Mwah. Not you on my business. The thing is, I don't understand how we just met and you just wrecked me like that. Did I? I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'll be honest, but I do like to tell people that because I think it makes them feel better. So I'm not, I'm not but I am.